Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. recent trend on the show of, of kind of uh, revisiting things that we have at least tangentially talked about uh, before and but but with good reason yes and so 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 this week we're we're revisiting a pod that we did back in 2018 I think it actually might Pierce have just been you and me uh, when the Supreme Court made uh what was seen at the time as a, a pretty monumental decision they decided to strike down the federal prohibition on sports betting and i i, I didn't go back and, and listen to that episode because that would be preparation and that's not really what we do around here but uh the the show notes suggest that we we talked about uh, uh, what was maybe going to happen next and 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 how the process was going to unfold, and what I can tell you is that the way the process has unfolded is that uh, over time various states have been uh, implementing their own laws uh, legalizing sports betting, and one of the newest ones is Virginia. Notably, the state where I live. Yeah. Max. So, so prior, I just I'm I'm curious because I didn't I, I I don't remember being on that podcast prior to the Supreme Court ruling. Was sports gambling illegal in everywhere in the United States? Except there, for Las Vegas and Atlantic City, presumably. Yeah, and probably also like in Louisville, the weekend of the Kentucky Derby or whatever. But yeah, there was there were there was a federal ban with some exceptions carved out that had been in place like since the 90s Uh, but anyway uh virginia is now open for betting and uh between that and a few other things that i'm sure we'll get into at some point uh on the show i found myself making a very silly sports bet last night uh you know Often when you sign up for a new account on an online sports book, they'll entice you with some some sort of free bet credits. Uh, and actually what happened in this case was that I had found money. I had, I had set up a DraftKings account, honestly, probably from back around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I had put 10 bucks in it way back when, and I said, whatever, this will be my Monday night entertainment. And I decided to, uh, you know, put it all on the line, so to speak, uh, for a chance to win like $500, but only if the outcome of seven professional sports contests all hit exactly right. And I'm not saying 
that I have a gambling problem. But I think I know what it feels like now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe just a little yes. bit. Well, especially because it, it sounds like you were, you know, above above 500 on your picks. Um, so you can uh, maybe say, like, oh, if only I would have, yeah. you know, bet on the the trusty Atlanta Hawks. I <laughs> maybe won. Yeah, the carrot is right there. It's right in yeah. front of your nose. Uh, I mean, hey, Kevin, I don't you, – you haven't you haven't dipped your toe into this this yet, have you? Have you? Like, since, since 2018. No, I've – I've never placed like an actual sports mm-hmm. bet. Uh, the The world has. I always like hearing about the lines and um, and I, I guess I like thinking about sports betting. But when it comes to actually trying to place a bet, I'm like, I'm not going to win this, and then I, I just can't do it. Oh, that's so. You just said something that I find really fascinating, which is that you have never placed a bet, but you like hearing about the lines. And I am someone who I think until I placed a sports bet, I've been much more in the camp of like, I really don't feel good about how gambling is taking over uh, the American sports industry, or at least how we talk about sports. Yeah. So if I, if I could amend that a bit, I, I guess I'm in terms of uh, like hearing spreads, I, I'm interested in football spreads because those are those make sense to me when someone's like in a, in a professional basketball game they're like oh the hawks are 1.5 point favorites i'm like okay so you're saying the hawks are going to win the game basically i don't i don't necessarily <laughs> get like spreads when it comes to um a regular season college basketball game or an nba game but in terms of individual game lines football is interesting to me i i think and and I want to come back to to what Kevin said because I think there's some some drivers here and I I think that it's important to get into because it does create this this situation where you know Sean you're like well you know why not it, it's it's it, at this point it's there and it seems very low uh, low risk which is how they get you in but um you know Max I'm interested with with you because you also have gotten the the bug a bit. But I also just I have this maybe wrongheaded sense that that in the the Boston sports plex area, um, knowing the lines and, and betting on games is something that is is not just since 2018 that, that people think about and, and maybe do. Um, well, I'm not sure about that. I, I think now you can go to the sports book in I believe New Hampshire uh, is still of the course, closest. New Hampshire. Of course, yeah. uh, live free and die. Um, I, I'm not familiar with a ton of activity that happened prior to that. I mean, there was always internet shenanigans, right? Like prior to 2018, you could still place sports bets via the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I definitely think Boston has a culture of following sports, but I don't know that it necessarily translates to a culture of sports betting at least from my end experience that's so you you bring up something interesting which is whether or not you could easily place a bet online before before this i didn't say easily fair enough good good point but like the they're very invested in uh in sort of it's not security but in verifying because 
because it's a thing in the U.S. because it's done at the state level. Like they're very invested in making sure that you are actually voting or you're actually betting from the state that you are currently in, like physically in. So like I had to download a plugin, like a, a geolocator mm-hmm. plugin. And like every time I log in, it has to run in the background to determine that I am within the borders of the state of Virginia. So, wow. so that's, you know, it's uh, kind of wild. Yeah. It probably wasn't easy. Um, <laughs> Good but point. it was certainly everything on the internet is, you know, possible. Um, I do feel the need right now to defend myself a little bit um, because I did dip my toe into sports betting. And I recall getting a lot of flack from certain people that may or may not be on this pod about my my bet. Um, I've placed one sports bet, which was uh, in November of last year. I and that's the that end of the, the podcast, folks. It was really nice <laughs> hanging with you this week. I oh. bet that the Washington football team would win the <laughs> NFC East, and, and I believe that they did. You, sir. And I was paid out for that. You, sir, are doing – you're committing the cardinal sin, which is that you are being outcome-focused – and not process focused. <laughs> Just because you won that bet did not mean it was a good bet. Just like if I had won my bet last night, that would not have made it a good and smart bet. That would have made it a, a lucky bet. So what you're saying is I should be giving you flack for your bet equally. I, oh, I, I think that's I think that would be very fair. Yes. Right, I think it was a, a pretty silly bet. Um, As was mine. Well, <laughs> but what, was, what was your payout, Max? Uh, I, I want to say I bet Fifteen dollars and one, like sixty-five, maybe. I mean, okay. if you ru- if you run the red light and you don't get caught by the red light camera, that doesn't mean it was wise to run the red what, light just what, because what you, other you got the NFC outcome you wanted. Quarterback was going to help their team win that division, yeah, but, and that's that could be the end of that conversation. But <laughs> but I will defend it, that. It really that. should really be. Wasn't, yeah, fair. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I mean. So I guess the thing I think about and the fact that we can talk about this this openly, I'm also interested in the kind of the players and in, in the rhythms that have allowed it to be in the discussion now. And, and I do think it's, uh, you know, Sean and Kevin, you, you kind of hit on it a little bit. And I don't watch non-games you know, just sports talk TV. I don't really encounter that anymore. But I do understand that the gambling and lines are talked about a lot more with that. And and I think of a couple players. It's what is it? It's Bear on on College Game Day who always has his his bets. Like one of their I don't know if it's producers or what. Um, then there's Scott Van Pelt who who very much talks about gambling and has his bad beats segment. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fun. But so those are players, but like the big player in this, and and I know that there have been various lawsuits and everything else around it, is the, you know, we should say DraftKings. It's DraftKings and not just their, their marketing, but like the fact that people are playing daily fantasy, which is not the same as normal fantasy football, which is over a long stretch, but is really kind of gambling are, are closer to gambling i feel like that was the first uh, way that the foundation started to crumble well what's what's really interesting about that is that DraftKings keeps those two things separate on their site they're two different domains yes. for 
dra- you know DraftKings proper and then the DraftKings sportsbook. Yes. So so they they continue to be very invested in positioning daily fantasy as a game of skill and not gambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I mean, look, g- gambling has been a part of sports coverage since Jimmy the Greek started. Yes. You know, sneaking gambling lines into the NFL pregame show in like the seventies. Uh, Back, back. I don't when... know that it was really sneaking. Him and Brent no, Musburger right. were like gambling perverts. <laughs> exactly. Well, Brent Musburger was probably more than just a gambling pervert, as we learned, uh, as we learned in one national championship football game. But, uh, but you know, now now that there is a sheen of legitimacy to this, now that it's not quite so much an underground enterprise anymore, you know. I don't necessarily watch a lot of like non-game sports programming on TV, but I sure do listen to a whole bunch of podcasts and DraftKings advertises on goddamn all of them if they have yeah. anything to do with sports. They've been, you know, <clears throat> they're a frequent sponsor of ESPN podcasts. They're getting into the media game. I mean, they're they're the the company putting, you know, 50 million bucks over 3 years behind Dan Lebetard's venture. Yep. Uh, and, you know, I, as much as I, as much as I super duper don't want to talk about them, Barstool Sports, which for whatever reason, a whole lot of people seem to really love, you know, is bankrolled in part by the gambling industry, not DraftKings, but by another um, Penn National, I want to say. Oh, um, so, like, it's, it's unavoidable now. If if you, you does, know, if does you FanDuel still exist, or did did someone buy them? I gotta tell you, I have no idea. Grift Kings and Scam Duel. That's that's just what I have. My no, I I. But I think that's that's right. Is is it's just kind of everywhere, and it becomes a sponsor. And and my question there is is you know puritanical um, America. Are we just kind of behind everybody else? I, I don't really necessarily yes. know how all nations do that, but I mean, certainly in the the UK, you can, you know, you can buy cigarettes or you can you can buy a soda and also gamble in the same place, basically, and that's on just every street corner. You can, I think, you can do it through your TV remote. I don't know how you would bet on a soccer game. That sounds really strange to me. But you know, maybe we are just now catching up, and we still have this veneer of legitimacy about it. Well, a lot of the a lot of the soccer betting market seems to be on you know on results, but also on goal scoring, uh, like betting players to score, to be the first scorer, to be the last scorer, et cetera. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's funny how we are we are the country that has like done the most to make it sports big business, mm-hmm. but also continue to hold these wild you know puritanical views about like you know the uh the the chaste purity of our sports uh and it's just it's very silly like if you've watched you know if you've watched a sports center in the last 30 years you you know that it's not you know that's a a ludicrous set of positions to hold because they're diametrically opposed to each other so you know i i think that uh i think that it's 
it's probably it's probably a generally a positive that we can just talk about this shit a little more now yeah yeah i guess there were like scandal or um like there were scandals that made that like reinforced it and they would kind of latch onto those like the um the nba ref uh yeah Yeah. game and stuff and i guess i mean it's kind of ridiculous to think that oh um if we can only sports gamble in vegas this won't happen but I, i i really think they glommed onto those things and um yeah true it's it's interesting you mentioned las vegas so one thing that i thought about too is there in the past there had been these you know las vegas atlantic city um some glamour associated and and also some sleaziness but there were these places that you would go to that and so i wonder if in some ways, by making things more legitimate, it takes away it takes away the glamour. Um, now that we and and not unlike the the cannabis laws being passed in in all these states, it's like all of a sudden it's something that's very approachable and people talk about openly. So does that take away from some of the appeal of it? I mean, obviously you two have, have placed your bets now. Um, but I think it's it, it, there might be a parallel there. Well, I, I mean, I've I have also like I've bet on horse races before. You know, mm-hmm. like I've gone. Uh, uh, there's a, a actually a kind of grand uh, Thanksgiving week tradition in New Orleans where that's like the first race weekend of the year at the fairgrounds. And so, a, a couple times, I've gone there on like on Black Friday, and or maybe it's on Saturday and watched, you know, watched a few horse races and thrown down an exacto or two. Uh, but I, I, I think that, I think that uncoupling, I think that uncoupling sports betting from the casino is probably a good thing. Uh, you know, I, I think a casino glorifies gambling way more than you know way more than an online sports book does i mean it's a literal it's a palace that there's there's a freaking taj mahal in uh, i guess that well there was there was was. that was ac but there you know uh, the bellagio is a temple to Mm. essentially to gambling addiction uh so i i think that it's it's probably for the best if you can give people an outlet where they can, you know, have a little added entertainment, because that's really like, I, I know that's how I, I see it. Like I'm, I am not going to be a frequent better or anything. I think it's, you know, it's an occasional, occasional picadillo to, to spice up, you know, to, to spice up a, a basketball game or a baseball game or something. And and like you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to go into a, you know, you shouldn't have to fly to Vegas to do that. I mean, Max, I, I saw you expressing some, some maybe thought, thoughts on that. Do you, do you miss the glamour by the fact that you can do it on your phone? Um, not. I mean, no. I think it's different. Like, I don't know that the glamour of a casino necessarily appeals to me in the same way. So I think it's cool that you can. You know, I think I. 
I think that as sports has become a better product on TV, it makes me less and less want to go to events in person. And so to be able to just bet from the comfort of my home as well only, you know, makes that experience, I think, even even better in a way. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think that they're necessarily related. I mean, I did I did go to a casino and place a bet for the first time in the past week. So that was exciting and different. But I think it's a no, I don't you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that they're separated. Mm. Uh, you know, and that that brings up uh, you know, things getting better on on TV, and I think in a lot of ways, uh, Sean, you mentioned uh, placing bets on horse racing, uh, placing bets on horse racing at the racetrack. That that is very much a thing. That is part and parcel. That is part of the experience. Yes. Uh, another thing, and and we could unload for a long time on this, but you know, Kevin uh, and. Uh, you know, Max sort of hit on it, and Sean hit on it too. We're, we're watching these games. We're at home. That is kind of the best way to watch them. Part of me is a little bit frustrated with the thought that, um, you know, I need more. I that I need Nickelodeon to jump in, or Marvel, or I need to join the conversation on Twitter, or I need to, you know, text my vote for the player of the game. I, I, you know, this is this is me rattling my cane a little bit in my front yard. But like, why can't the this so well produced product that we're seeing? I mean, just think of Sunday Night Football and how how good that is. I don't. Why do we need more? Well, well <laughs> this is, no, 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 no. You're, you're. I, I think I understand why you're asking that question, but it's the wrong question because it's not aimed at you and I'm, I'm pretty sure you know that that's not actually aimed at you you know yeah i i, uh, I know it's it's that it's that these sports all feel threatened by the fact that there are infinite other forms of entertainment or, or ways to take up people's time now and so they have to compete with everything and so they're they're making you know they're making these plays to try to expand their audience base into you know demographic groups that they they don't traditionally reach very well i mean certainly that's that's what's behind the you know the the marvel uh the marvel pelicans warriors broadcast from last night or the uh the the nickelodeon uh sort of kid focused nfl game that Mm -hmm. was played in the winter time so, but I. Sorry, what what was the Marvel NBA thing? Oh, they they did a whole they they did this ludicrous thing, where they sort of cross partnered with Marvel and uh, different the Avengers like recruited players on the Pelicans and the Warriors to to quote unquote audition for the Avengers during the game and they invented a a metric that they called hero points where you got positive points for doing good things on the court or you got negative points I I you're you're not wrong you're not wrong and and I thought that Nickelodeon putting slime over the over the end zone during a touchdown was was gimmicky and bad. Well, tonight Tim Kirchin is going to dress up as Yoda, apparently. So that's true. It gets worse. I know. Look, all all I'll say is that you know the 
ESPN or or the the leagues or, or whoever is driving these decisions has looked around at recent events and said a strategy that is purely about cementing the existing hardcore base doesn't work. There has to be some sort of reaching out and and building new coalitions. So take take that however you want to take it take that to mean whatever you want it to mean but like you know i, I we have a a friend uh who is a, a very big uh baseball true believer uh not not this is not seth and our, our conversation about uh pitchers hitting but a, a, a guy that another guy that was in our fraternity with me and max who is you know, is a huge baseball proponent. And I've spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks talking to him about how, uh, how baseball is sort of grasping at straws and really flailing to try to, to get, you know, some, some younger, younger blood into the game fan wise. Uh, and, and, and that's like, that is the thing behind all of this. This is, this is sort of ham fisted, well, these youngs don't uh, don't like the same things that people slightly older than them like. So, how can we come try to meet them on their level? So, I don't know. It 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 seems silly to me, but you know, Tom Ziller argued in his newsletter this morning that you know that it, it's not only is it a good thing, but the NBA actually needs more of it because if it is successful at bringing more people into the fold then that is good and a little silliness is 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 worth it for that so i i don't know i don't know that i agree with him but i i i I take the point yeah i mean kevin is is with you know come back coming back to the gambling i kind of feel like it's it's not hurting me i might if I was listening to sports talk all the time and they, they talked about it endlessly, I might feel slightly different. But as far as in the game, I don't think that that is, that is being disrupted by this thing that is legitimate at this point in the game. Yeah, um, I, I kind of wish this when we were more frequently hanging out and just watching games on random nights. Like If, if someone was like, hey, do you guys all want to place like a ridiculous $10 bet? I'd be like, mm. sure, that sounds fun. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's something that I would really I need to en- enhance my experience if I'm just watching a game by myself. But and it's not really something I would initiate. But uh, I could see the fun in it. And so, yeah, you know, it's, it's, mean, it's low cost to just throw these ideas out at people. And if you get a couple of people to like grab onto them, then you know. Yeah, I, I mean, to to that point, I also think of Super Bowl prop bets, which are really fun because they are things that that don't matter and it you add an additional like competitive aspect or you enter the competition when you wouldn't be otherwise um you know it's it's tough watching a basketball game in the first quarter a lot of times or or the third quarter so that might be an instance where adding something would be helpful especially if you're watching with friends and you don't really have anything else going on like okay who's who's going to be the first to 10 points in the, the first quarter that's that is something um but but yeah i mean i think that that's that's a good point it's like i i don't i don't really need it but it's 
fine. It's, it's a four-letter word that starts with F. It's just fine. Um, though, I mean, there there are plenty of issues with, with gambling because when it's available, sometimes it's an uncontrollable thing. And, and fortunately, all of those, uh, you know, advertisements, everything address that in, in some regard maybe not enough but um you know we'll see what the with the down the line effects of this being everywhere are yeah it's it's hard it's hard to know what what there really is to do about that because if it's going to be legal like inevitably there are going to be people who are 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 predisposed to to take it too far or, or to get sucked into a level that they're not really you know uh that they're kind of over their head on um mm-hmm. they they do seem just from sort of perusing the the tools available on their site they they seem to really go out of their way to give you options to like you know you remember that uh anybody remember that app called self-control that would like block you from going on twitter or facebook for a certain mm-hmm. amount of time you know mm-hmm. they have tools that are similar to that you know, you can set a, a cooling off period for yourself where I, I think you can only, you know, you can like only make one bet over a certain period of time or like you have to you have to wait X amount of time before placing another bet. Uh, and, you know, and so I, I think that there's I think that it, as long as you're you're going out of your way to make sure that those sorts of things are available for people, you know, uh, they can't. I don't know that they really can be the the police to say, "Hey, you're, you know, you're in too far." Like that, I think on some level that kind of has to be a thing that you, you know, you identify for yourself. But I know that, like, you know, even just when I set up my account, I was like, I- I'm gonna sort of institute some soft rules for myself going in. Just like, you know. Uh, there's not really any reason for me to place any bet larger than what I would put on like a March Madness pool entry. So like, I I, I don't see myself ever making a bet bigger than say twenty dollars. Um, you know, uh, limiting to probably a, a couple bets a month, something like that. You know, I I think that I think that way more people you're giving them access to something that they can they can use and manage responsibly and and get some enjoyment out of doing it because sometimes like even when you lose a bet sometimes it's like a fun roller coaster yeah it would be way more fun if max had lost his bet because then we'd be proven right and instead we're just like well everybody sucked and and the team that won the division had no quarterback so i think when he placed the bet though it was like they had just come off of two losses to the giants or something it was (laughs) it was a dark time it was it was a bad it was a bad bet at the time but but it worked out and and and, you know if if my bet had come through i would have been buying the beers when we when we finally got to see each other again it would have been great (laughs) yeah well yeah now i regret you losing (laughs) Yes, <laughs> so during uh during the this podcast i remembered that there is a a sports bet that i placed in in high school um our my school's football team was kind of like the uh bad news bears and we were playing the future state champion uh Sharando high school led by future uva burnout ross Matheny. 
uh, and you can just say future <laughs> UVA football player. <laughs> so I bet my friend that we would lose by at least sixty five dollars. Uh, we were up, or sorry, we were down fifty five to nothing with ten seconds left, and we had the ball. Uh, <laughs> We ran, a, we ran a QB option, fumbled. They picked it up and scored a touchdown. And I won my $5. So No way. True story. That's wild. I, 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 don't think any, I don't think any person-to-person bet that is conducted in cash counts. I'm sure that's a bad framework. <laughs> that has to be bad. Yeah, I mean, having watched Silver Linings Playbook, I think that, check, that checks out. <laughs> wow that's uh b- gambling in high school is pretty dark <laughs> <laughs> yeah well what can you do could be worse could be a uva burnout football do, I, player. do we need to find a phone number for you kevin <laughs> yeah i haven't quite memorized the uh the West Virginia number from all those uh, ads, but I know that the Indiana one is nine with it. Really? Yeah. I don't. I think the point is you don't want to be with it anymore. <laughs> but who, who knows? That's the whole like on the wagon, off the wagon. I'm I'm never really sure which. Yeah. I, like, uh, anyways. But, but you can you can move to Morgantown, take your money from that, and then bet it, and then you can call the West Virginia. And they'll game. pay you to be there too. So I mean, it's it's free gambling money. I think I think that's what we've we've determined is the the real scheme with the will pay you to live in West Virginia. Would I have won enough to buy a house if the if the not uh, this year <laughs> Blazers and and Nuggets had taken care of business? Oh uh, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll we'll cover we'll cover the gambling that is buying a home in a later podcast. How about that? <laughs> I think we I think we can make that happen. Uh, do we have any any final thoughts on on sports betting before we wrap up? Uh, I hope that it replaces. I've hung out in way too many bars that just have Keno going all the time, and Jesus so I think sports Christ. betting is a is a way better alternative <laughs> than that. Um, and so I look forward to to those bars hopefully replacing the. Kino with what sports sort of betting. What existence are you living, man? You guys, you guys need to watch the movie Hard Eight, and then just imagine Max in the movie as John C. Riley's character. That's I'm gonna. Holy which shit. bar is this? I gotta go there once to get vaxxed. Lots of them. I'll take you. <laughs> oh, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. We'll do that in our therapy podcast. That, so. that, there could not possibly have been a better way for us to to wrap that up and, and move on to Pierce's sorry. Uh, so, Pierce, what are you apologizing for today? Um, so have you all done any foam rolling before? Yeah, good. Very yeah. little. Well, so, once or so twice. I, I I have I've been doing it regularly for for a month or so now and I think that it's it, it's generally I I think that it is good and so there's part of me that's like I should have been doing this this sooner I mean it could be the whole like chapstick type of thing where you start using it and then you can never stop using it again because of you know what's actually happening to your lips but um, so I cheated myself by, by not doing it previously because I, I think it has been helpful for soreness and stuff. Um, 
But there is a problem when you start foam rolling and in certain situations when you continue to do foam rolling because the people you live with will hear the noises you make when you do like the, the what is the IT band, the, the thing that's on the side of your legs. Um, they will hear the noises that you make uh, when doing that, and they become very concerned. Both both four-legged and two-legged varieties will say, "What is going on? Are you okay?" And that's just how it works. So I'm sorry for frightening those in my home. There's I just I just rewatched a little bit of Ted Lasso, and there is a scene in which one of the players uh, tells his uh, soon to be new girlfriend to get out of the training room because <laughs> when you know when the trainer starts working on him he he's gonna start making his noises and I don't want anyone to hear my noises so uh, this is intimately familiar as a as a concept to me so do you not have to do you not have to apologize to everyone who shared an apartment wall with you and uh, I, well, I just I just started foam rolling since I um, since I moved into a place that doesn't have walls that are shared. Mm. Okay, so um, it, it really has picked up then. Certainly, never that that type of uh, stretch on it, which uh, you know is is painful. So, but pro foam rolling just warn warn others in close proximity. Cool. Well. Um... To, to wrap up with a big idea from pop culture, it's going to be a bit of a two-parter because there are, there are two things uh, that have brought together the NBA and some, some relevant outside topics, one of which I have thoroughly immersed myself in and one of which I am excited to immerse myself in soon. So the first is True Hoops series on the uh the nba's relationship with a a private equity firm called apollo global management do i have that right is it apollo global management or apollo global Capital? yeah yeah it's it's um i mean entertainment call it 20 <laughs> if you call it apollo or apollo global it's yeah that's what it's known as so apollo is a a very large uh private equity company that uh was until very recently run by a fellow named leon black who notably uh was was uh buds with jeffrey epstein and so this now 11 part series winds through all of the relationships with between the nba and apollo who he calls the nba's most important financial partner and their connections to the CIA, the Medellin cartel, uh, Drexel Burnham Lambert, which is a, a notorious uh, bond trading firm uh, run at one point by the king of junk bonds, Michael Milken, who was mm -hmm. recently pardoned by, by Trump before he left office. Uh, and it's just this fascinating... Uh, fascinating series that some I, I think some of the posts are a little more meandering and, and and not as tight as others but it's just like it was a really cool reminder that a lot of uh a lot of great sort of investigative deeply reported work comes out of um 
comes out of, of places you might not expect, like an NBA blog. And the other, which I haven't dipped into yet, but I'm very, very excited about, is a podcast called Death at the Wing. And it is mm. conceived by Adam McKay, uh, d- director of, of, of many wonderful movies. And I, there, Jody Avergan, formerly of 538, has some sort of association with it. Um, but the the podcast is basically about uh, a rash of 80s basketball stars who who died uh, who who died very young and and how how that sort of intersects with the Reagan years and the war on drugs so I am super stoked to get into that um, I, I know I don't usually talk about things that I, I actually haven't uh, haven't experienced yet but that one feels like it is not gonna fail at all so uh, I will I will report if if that is uh, if that is not the case but I, I have a feeling that you know if your interest set overlaps with <laughs> this podcast uh, you will probably enjoy death at the wing so uh, yeah those are your those are your recommendations for this week and that is the end of the show you can find us at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com you can subscribe to the podcast feed on your device of choice if you do that please leave a rating review comment that sort of thing or just tell a friend about the show we'd love to share with them as well we'll be back next week to talk about something else until then I'm Sean I'm Pierce I'm Max I'm Kevin Thanks for this. Bye. I thought I knew.